Break bulk cargo. What the heck is that, you ask? Well, I had to ask it too, and it's what we used to do before the invention of containerization. Grouping goods together in containers so they could be moved more easily. It may not seem like it today, but containerization was a huge innovation. It was cutting edge technology. See, in the old days, goods were shipped in small boxes, crates, and even sacks. They were different sizes and different shapes. Loads were manually balanced and goods were unloaded and offloaded from ships practically one at a time. There was just no easy way to get things to a ship, load and secure them, get them off, and then deliver those same goods to their final destination. That is, until the invention of the shipping container. In 1951, the first container ships began operating in Denmark in between Seattle and Alaska. It took another 13 years before the world's first purpose-built container ship was built. Now, containers hold up to 64,000 pounds. That's what's held in one single container. And ships have thousands of them. They're offloaded by these gigantic cranes set on trucks and trains to move them efficiently across land and water. We take it for granted that we can buy just about anything from just about anywhere in the world, and it wouldn't be possible without this little thing called containerization. And for most of human history, that's been the case. Moving goods across great distances was really hard and really expensive. And now, containers make over 200 million trips every single year. That is a gigantic change, and shipping obviously will never be the same. Selling is going through some big changes too, and I'd contend they're all for the better. In this episode of Modern Sales, I'll cover the seismic shifts happening in sales, what's causing them, and the skills you need to be successful now and in the future. Welcome to Modern Sales, a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and salespeople looking to have more and better conversations with your perfect clients. You'll get a healthy scoop of psychology, behavioral economics, sales studies to help you create win-win relationships. I'm your host, Liston Witherell, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Modern Sales. This is the Sellers Become Marketer series on Modern Sales, where we're talking about the huge shift in sales that demands we all become maybe baby marketers, marketers to some degree. In today's episode, we'll be covering the source of this seismic shift and the core marketing skills you'll need to thrive in today's selling environment. Each of the episodes will have the hashtag sellers become marketers at the beginning of the title to help you find them quickly. This is the first episode in the series, so welcome. Before we dig in, this episode is brought to you by Serve Don't Sell, my sales training and consulting firm. If you'd like to deliver winning presentations, win new clients, or expand existing clients, I can help you and your team do it. Just head over to servedontsell.com to learn more about how it works. So now, what's this business about sellers becoming marketers? Now, there's a big shift in selling, and you've probably felt it. If you've been in selling for many, many years, you know that it's becoming harder and harder and harder to sell. In fact, In every study I've seen, sellers report that it gets more difficult every year to sell the same thing. It takes more emails, it takes more phone calls, and other touch points to get a meeting. Sellers aren't involved until the majority of the buying process is over, 
and tons of conversations, meetings, and emails are exchanged among the buyer's decision-making team without your involvement. We know more people are involved in an average sale, and we know that it takes longer and longer for it to actually happen. Now, why is this? Well, one of the big reasons is the availability of information. There's way more information than your buyers need, and they don't need you to get it. Sorry. Back in the old days, you were a bit of a gatekeeper to information, but that's no longer the case, of course. Many buyers can solve most of their informational gaps without ever talking to you. And the reason, of course, is inexpensive communication. Your buyers are getting a glut of communication that's cheap or free from emails in their inbox to messages on LinkedIn, blog posts, news items from major publications, and of course, advertising on every device they use throughout the day. In addition to that, many companies are practically becoming media outlets themselves. They are making tons of useful information and content, distributing it to the marketplace, and therefore, you are not needed from your buyer for that kind of information. And of course, because so many people are involved in the decision-making process, takes longer and longer and you're just kind of shut out of a lot of the process because in a complex enterprise environment, more people are involved than ever. Now here's what to do about it. I'm not making the sales is dead argument. I'm not going to tell you cold calling is dead. I'm not going to tell you that it's hopeless and I'm not going to tell you that email marketing is dead or whatever other blank is dead argument. I'm not doing that. But I am telling you that sales has changed forever. And the sooner we accept and adapt to this new reality, the better we'll all be. And one of the things I want you to do, of course, is to adopt a more service-oriented position in general, which is why my training company is called Serve Don't Sell, of course. But you're also going to have to start thinking and acting more like a marketer. In order to compete in an environment where there are more decision makers who have access to more information and whose attention is spread thinner than ever before, you're going to have to work with them without necessarily working with them directly. More on that in a second. One of the problems you're up against, of course, really comes down to trust. And this is the psychology of why you need to think more like a marketer. There are so many messages and there's so much information that it's difficult for people to determine who they should trust and why they should trust them. When it comes down to it, trust is built when someone makes a promise and delivers on it. How in the world can a buyer know that you'll deliver on a promise? Well, they're going to want to have some level of trust with you before they ever speak to you, which is why this idea of marketing before the sale is pretty damn important, right? Just begging people to get on the phone with us probably won't work. We obviously need to show them what's in it for them and also that we can deliver on even a micro promise like get on the phone with me for 10 minutes and I'll teach you something about your business or I'll teach you something you didn't know, right? The other reason trust is so darn important and the other reason we need to think more like marketers is that the buying cycle takes a while and it's fairly uncertain. With more and more people involved in a buying decision, it can take a long time. The chances 
that you're talking to someone exactly at the right time, unless you have inbound leads, which yes, you should focus on building those, but unless you're exclusively working with inbound leads, meaning people raising their hands and saying, I want to work with you right now, unless you have that, you're going to be talking to people who aren't ready to buy now. And you need a solution to stay in touch with them and continually deliver valuable stuff to them, even when you're not there directly to talk to them. And that's one of the core marketing skills that I'm going to talk about. So here they are. Here are the core marketing skills that I believe you need to develop over the course of this series. I'll publish a podcast episode on each one of these core skills. After I go through these skills, I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can start taking action to prepare for the upcoming episode. And then I'll wrap up with some key takeaways. The first core skill that I think you really need to develop and take away from marketers as a salesperson is what I'm calling telepathy. Now, of course you can't read anybody's mind, but you have to have such a strong level of empathy about your client and about what I would call your perfect client profile that you're able to predict what people are thinking and therefore how you can help them. Now, the one thing you should not do is make assumptions but you should be doing some level of market research or collecting feedback and information from the market so that you can have a strong sense of what people's struggles are, of what problems they're wrestling with, of their emotional state when they're ready to work with you, of their buying process, of the types of information they're looking for. All of these things can be known. And if you go out and collect the information, you'll be in a position and ready at the time that it comes up to actually help each individual person. Of course, what each individual needs is going to be slightly different than what this composite, your perfect client profile, it's going to be a little bit different than that composite. That's fine. But you have to develop such a strong level of empathy and such an ability to put yourself in their shoes and imagine what life is like for them that it's almost like they feel you're reading their mind. Now, the next core marketing skill that you can develop as a salesperson that's really going to do wonders for your career is understanding how to stand out. It's hard to imagine that technology could take up more of our attention than it does now. I mean, I'm practically glued to a screen all of my waking hours. It's not quite the case, but for many of them, in fact, certainly the majority of my waking hours, I'm staring at a screen. And so everybody's attention is already spoken for, right? So if you're asking for someone's attention, you have to be different in some way. You have to prove to them or show them or demonstrate to them that it's going to be worth their time to pay attention to you. So my question to you is, how will you be different? Now, in sales, we typically think about this as simply differentiating ourselves from the competition in terms of the features or the way we deliver our service or some sort of mechanism or intellectual property we have, whatever it is that you use to stand out. You're probably already thinking about this to some degree, but when it comes to getting attention, there are all kinds of other devices we can use like a podcast, for instance, right? I have your attention right now as you're listening to this. 
Maybe it's writing interesting emails. Maybe it's sending people handwritten cards or gifts or insert the blank, right? Whatever it is, there are lots of ways that you can be different and creativity is going to get you a premium here. And so thinking about standing out and how you're going to stand out is a really critical skill to start to develop. The next core marketing skill that you will need to develop as a salesperson is content. Making and distributing valuable content. Now, do you need to be the best at making content? Definitely not. I'm not saying you need to turn into a media business or a media producer. What I am saying is that if you can start to think in terms of how content is made, what kind of problems it can solve, what types of different media are best for solving different types of problems or in different situations, and then you can communicate that back to your marketing team, that's going to be a huge edge. It'll also help you choose or curate the types of content that you pass along to your clients, right? If people are getting too much information right now, which hopefully you were nodding your head along with when I talked about it earlier, let's just assume we agree on that point, right? There's too much information out there. So what's required now? Curation. Your clients are looking for trusted sources of curation so that they don't have to go sort through the entire internet and figure out what's worth their time and what's not. You can help them do that. So curation is critical. And in order to be a good curator, you really have to understand something about content. And you have to understand what's available out there and why some things are better than others. Skill number four that I would suggest is really critical for you to start thinking like a marketer is how information moves, how information is transferred, how it's found, how it's distributed. Essentially, you become a marketer to every single account that you touch. And so you can think about two different levels of information movement. One is how does information move within a market? And the second is how does information move within a company? right? Because if we agree that we have less and less ability to have FaceTime or direct what I would call synchronous time, right? We're on a call or a meeting together with a client. We're going to have less of that. And there's less and less and less and less of that. The amount of time we can spend with clients keeps going down as a percentage of their overall buying process. And so if that's the case, what we're going to need to do in order to be present in some way is be the provider of information and make sure that information moves within the accounts that we're working. We have to make sure that information moves within the markets that we're working on. So how information moves, this is a critical, critical marketing skill because it's really what determines which ideas can become known within a market or an industry or within companies in which ideas, no matter how good they are, are just totally forgotten. And so we need to know how information moves. Core marketing skill number five is what I would call automation. Now, I know automation is part of a lot of sales practices, SDRs and BDRs, that is sales development representatives and business development representatives. They do a lot of automated emailing and LinkedIn, and there's all kinds of platforms that do that. 
But in order to do it well, I think we do have to think like a marketer. We need to start to abstract away and not just think on a one-to-one basis, but think on a one-to-many or maybe more accurately, one-to-few basis. How can I write emails or messages or relevant communications, let's say, to a group of people without having to write it custom every time? Now, the key to automation is not to send out huge numbers of communications to people who we don't care about and we're not spending any time learning about. That's not what I'm saying. This is not the spray and pray approach. What I am saying though, is if you take the time to send a well-crafted email and you take the time to send some piece of, let's say snail mail or pick up the phone and call someone, the likelihood that they're going to be responsive right away is pretty low. However, if we follow up with them on a regular basis, it is definitely more and more likely that we're going to get a response from people. And so going from a customized message with no follow-up to a customized message with just three very simple follow-up emails, we're probably going to double, triple, or quadruple the likelihood of getting a response. And so automation, very simple automation, but automation nonetheless is a very critical skill to develop. I'll be dedicating an episode to that. And next, the final episode of the Sellers Become Marketer series, I'll be talking about tools of the trade. Now, throughout the series, I'll be talking about different tools that you could use that are associated with each individual thing that I cover. But that final episode, we're really going to talk about kind of a, a minimum stack. And I do have an episode that I've already done called a minimum viable sales stack back in the past. And there may be a little bit of overlap there, but essentially what I'm going to tell you are some more advanced, more marketing oriented tools that I think can be very, very useful for salespeople that you may not have heard of. And so in that episode, I'll be talking about some of the cutting edge tools that help us do prospecting, that help us do research, that help us do automation, that help us create content, and then help us stand out in various different ways. Now to take action on this, you know, normally at the end of these episodes, I give you immediate and tactical advice, but some hard problems require thought and planning. And so today I want to leave you with something to think about as we dive more into tactical steps in the following episodes of the series. The first one is develop a perfect client persona. Do you already understand the range of pains that you can solve for your perfect client? Do you even know who that is? Do you have several perfect clients who you sell to because you're selling a horizontal solution to many different industries? If you haven't done this exercise or someone on your team hasn't done it for you and told you who your perfect client persona is, I really, really recommend that you do this. The next thing I recommend is research. So a persona or a perfect client profile, as I call it, is a composite of your ideal client, but you'll be talking to real people with real problems and real objectives in working with you. Do you have a process to research them and their companies that yields useful information? Now I'm not talking about market research here, 
What I am talking about is when someone becomes engaged with you at any level, do you have a process and the tools in place to learn a little bit about them so you're not going in cold? The next action item you can start to think about is an inventory and specifically a content inventory. What content or information do you have that can help your perfect client win right now? Where are the gaps in information that clients and prospects ask for, but you don't have? Take an inventory, make a list, whatever you need to do, start thinking about how you can beef up your content efforts and where your gaps are. Next action item is to start to think about the movement of information within companies. How does information typically move through accounts that you target? What media do they prefer? Do they like audio or video or articles or PowerPoints? Yes, PowerPoints. They seem to be the love language of corporations. I've had many people tell me, if you can't make a good PowerPoint, we can never hire you. So how does information move? What are the preferred media? And of course, what makes that information worth sharing? Next action item is to start to examine your automation. In the event that someone is interested but not ready right now, and that comes up all the time, as you know, do you have a mechanism to follow up with them? What is it and how well is it working? And finally, tools of the trade. Do you have tools in place to make some of this stuff happen and work well? The key takeaways of this overview of sellers become marketers are number one, selling has changed and it's less about convincing and controlling information and it's much more about being of service. Two categories of skills you're going to need. One, the skill of consultation and delivering insights, you know, the whole serve don't sell thing. And two, some of the basic skills of a marketer. And finally, Building trust is harder than ever, and that's one of the ways that marketing skills can help because you can make and deliver promises outside of one-to-one -one conversations. That's it for the first episode in the Sellers Become Marketer series. In next week's episode, I'll give you some ideas on how to develop your telepathic powers, not to line your pockets with dollar bills, my friend, but to develop a better client relationship with a faster path to trust and understanding and why the only tool you need to do it is a mirror. If you aren't already subscribed to this podcast, please do so by clicking the subscribe button. You can also get notified of all podcast episodes with behind the scenes info, as well as other exclusive content I put out by signing up for my newsletter at servedontsell.com newsletter. It's totally free and it's linked in the show notes. And finally, if you're looking for help training your team to sell more of your big, hairy, complicated products and services to big companies, I can help with remote and on-site training options. Just head over to servedonsell.com, click the contact button, and you can fill out a quick form to begin the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Liston Witherell of Serve Don't Sell, and I hope you have a fantastic day.